0: You guys got more opportunity to spread out on me, don't you? Amen. All these these new chairs, praise God. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. Glory to God. Father, we come to your word today with great reverence. It is our life. It's a living thing. God, I thank you that for those bold enough, uh, those that have the faith to, that God, that we could build a life on the word of God, yes, even in these last days, perilous times, on an unshakable, immovable foundation. We can build a life that will stand up against every storm, every attack, and everything that comes. Lord, I pray that we will open up the Word of God to us, Holy Spirit. God, don't... We want... I want for the people more than a head knowledge. But God, give and impart a revelation... God, about the subject tonight, Father, I know in my humanity that's a limiting force, but I yield myself to you as best I know how. I thank you for speaking through me as it were the very oracles of God, your mind and your word in a way that is in love and concise and clear, that God, you'll help me to put handles on this truth so that the people can grab it very easily. God, I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to continue talking about the local church, the triumphant church, uh, amen, uh, tonight, and we're going to uh, move over into a wonderful, wonderful part or subject, something, a, a truth that's just so vital for you to understand, and so I want to talk to you tonight about the scattering place, the scattering place, and really that's the title, but of course, you know, the scattering place is a negative place. And so you want to avoid the place of scattering. Amen. And you can look upon the landscape of people's lives. I don't know. You know this about me if you've been around very long. I like watching people. I'm a student of people. People are funny. People are weird. You know. And some people have it going on. Amen. And you could learn things from them if you could watch them and be around them. Amen. Amen. And uh, but uh, all around us we see scattered lives. Broken lives, destroyed lives. It's tragic. It's tragic. And it, it's not God's will ever to any degree. Amen? Jesus is a redeemer. He is a restorer. Praise God. But He has a plan and a process by which, you know, we all come to Him broken. We all come to Him sinners. We all, we all come to Him needing salvation, right? And then so He redeems us and we're born again, we're alive unto God, but our lives still, our outward lives still show so much of the evidence of our sin and our wrong thinking and our living outside the blessing. Divorces running rampant, broken families, depression, oppression, sickness and disease, tragedies, unspeakable accidents. They're all around us and they're all the time. Amen. But God, for His children, He has, once we're born again, He has a plan and a procedure and a process by which Humpty Dumpty gets put together again. Amen. And we need to know what that program is. And it's, it's all about the local church. Amen. It's all about the local church. You need the local church. The local church is, it, you ought to have a high place in your thinking. And that's my... My prayer, regardless of what your mindset has been, I know tonight on Wednesday night here, you know, uh, at the end of the year people come out, I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of people. But you know, people in Africa, people in Europe, people all around states, they're watching. Or they're listening to the podcast later. They don't know these things yet. And uh, so we want to get it over to them too. But we need to have a high place in our thinking for the local church. And you need a revelation. I need a revelation you know, I've been studying on this, living it day by day as a pastor for a long, long time now. But even today in my office, I'm still, I'm beginning to see new things as God helping me to learn. The place and the value, uh, the, the transforming power that God's ordained for our lives to experience in the local church. Amen. So let's get into this tonight. In Matthew chapter 9, and I'm just going to jump right to my amplified translation. In verse 35 and 36... Jesus comes to the city of Jerusalem, the city that bears the name of God. And He looks upon the multitude before He enters the city. And you know this, He wept, right? He wept. And so let's read verse 35 and 36. I'll read it from the Amplified. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, and curing all kinds of disease and every weakness and infirmity. When he saw the throngs, he was moved with pity and sympathy for them, because they were, right? Now, King James would say scattered. The King James says they were bewildered. They were harassed and distressed, dejected and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. We're like sheep without a shepherd. Now, notice something first of all. Where there was no shepherd, there was a scattering of the people's lives. Notice where there was no shepherd, he looked at the people and he saw in their condition he was going to have to heal all manner of sickness, all manner of weakness, all manner of infirmity or brokenness. That was the condition of a people. Right? King James says, this is a scattered people. A people whose lives have been scattered. And notice, he's looking on covenant people. He's looking on God's chosen people. And they are living so far outside of the kind of life that God ordained for them. He wept. You know, when we live outside the framework of God's plan, we don't experience His hedge of protection and His abundant blessing it breaks his heart. He weeps over that because he's provided for more. He's provided better than for us, right? And so when he shows up, it would be one thing for him to show up to a pagan people that didn't have any knowledge of God, didn't have an experience with God in their history, in their culture, but they, were, they had committed unto them the oracles of God, the Torah. God had appeared to them, right? He had parted the Red Sea. He had chosen them, and he had given them his ways and his word, and his commandment. And he said, look, all you have to do is love me with your whole heart, keep my ways, keep my commandments. When you miss it, I've provided the blood of goats and and animals to atone for your sin until I could come and permanently pay for it so that you could then be restored and live and experience my blessing. And so for him to actually come and visit his people and see them, how bewildered, harassed, dejected, Distressed, helpless, he wept. And God weeps today. We know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's looking upon now, not his servants, not his chosen people after the flesh, the children of Abraham. Now we're born again. We're children of God. You know, if God wants his servants blessed, how much more would he want his sons and daughters blessed and taken care of? Amen. But you know as well as I do that there's not much distinction in the world among the mass of Christianity. If you look at their lives, many of them, they look just like that. Their lives are bewildered. They're living their life like they don't know what to do. Right? They're living their life in all kinds of defeat. The divorce rate's the same in the church. That's sad. Yeah. The financial problems are the same in the church as in the world. The church is just as sick as the world. And that's sad. Amen? Amen. Now, what did Jesus say was the cause for all of this condition in the lives of God's people? He said they were as sheep without a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. Amen? Amen? Now, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God uses the analogy between Himself, His ministers, and His people as uh, shepherds in a sheepfold. Jesus Himself, in John or in uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, is called the Good Shepherd. He's the Good Shepherd. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, Peter calls Jesus the Chief Shepherd. But think about the implication in that word chief. If there's a chief shepherd, then there are lower ranking shepherds. Time permitting, we'll see that tonight. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And so sheep need a shepherd. Jesus looked upon the multitudes and he said, My people are in this condition because they lack proper godly leadership. In other words, what that means is the Levitical priesthood had failed them. The Pharisees had failed them. The Sadducees had failed them. Their rabbis overall had failed them. Amen. Yeah. So, I want to talk to you tonight about the number one reason why God leads any family or individual to an assembly. Remember, our key text has been, we're not turning there, Matthew 16, 18. And upon this rock or revelation, I will build my church, the ecclesia. That's word is ecclesia in the Greek. You remember what it means? It means an assembly. It doesn't mean a lone ranger Christian off living life by themselves. That's not the church. That's never the church. You say, "Well, I'm a member of the church." Yes, you are. But you're a part, a living part, an integral part of an overall system, a living body. Right. You know, you just sever my finger and throw it off to the side and you say, Oh, that's 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 a member of the body over there. No, you look at that and go, Something's wrong, something's bad's happened. There is no such thing as victorious lone ranger, do it by myself, me and Jesus, Christianity. That's not the church. Amen. So we've talked about that. The church, the word ecclesia means an assembly or a gathering together of a group of people that God has called out of the world. He has separated them to Himself. They are born again now. Amen? They're not just human anymore. They're children of God. They're born of God. They have God on the inside of them. And He has called them to gather in local assemblies. That's the church. Now, we're going to get deeper into why. Why? Well, it's not so that you can have people to play bridge with. Amen? Amen? It's not a social club, although fellowship is a key part of God's plan for the church. But tonight, my mission is to talk to you about the number one reason why God assigns every Christian to a local assembly. And that is so that they could be properly connected to a shepherd, to a pastor. Are you all with me? That's the number one reason. So, if you came, to, whatever church you show up in out there, all right, if you came because you calculated, well, I don't want to drive, I, you know, this is convenient for me. Or I like the color schemes, or they have a really good nursery, you're way off the word. You're way off the word in your understanding of the biblical plan and purpose for why God, amen, brought you to a place. Amen. I'm telling you, The church you attend is a matter of life and death. The church you choose to attend is a matter of life and death. Oh, come on. Life and death. Whether you connect yourself to a true shepherd who has that ministry office and gift on their life or someone who just holds a title, that is a matter of life and death. And many, many churches... Uh, Brother Hagin said over half of American churches. Dad Dufresne, in his observation, traveling the country for more than 30 years going church to church, said over, the, over 50% of the churches he went to were headed up not by t- true pastors. They didn't have that. They had the title, but they didn't have the stuff in the can. They didn't have the substance. They didn't have the grace, the anointing for it. However they got there, they weren't the real deal. Amen. So this is weighty. You connect yourself to a false pastor, a bad pastor, a negligent pastor, <laughs> an uneducated pastor, an, un, you know, an unanointed pastor, amen. Or how about this one, you, the wrong pastor. It's going it's it's to hurt your life. It's going to hurt your life. Remember my testimony about standing up? I had a pastor then, right? But I stood up in the balcony of my denominational church and he said, God said, if you want all I have for you, you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. In other words, he's revealing to me something I had not seen at that time. That there were whole segments of blessing and things that God had for my life that I would never get connected to that pastor. Not because that pastor is a bad man. Not because that pastor was not sincere. Not because that pastor wasn't doing the best that he knew how to do. But because he did not know what he needed to know to teach that group of people so that they could walk in all that God had for them. For instance, I would, they would have a testimony service every now and then. And, you know, it was just terrible. It was just terrible. Because people need to be trained on how to give a testimony. People need to be trained on how to give a testimony. And this is probably why we don't do that many testimony services. Amen. Because people take, we're going to give you 10 minutes, they're going to give 9 minutes of glorifying the devil and hell, and 30 seconds if they or a minute, if they remember, to say, oh, and glory to God, He brought me out. They, they don't know. But I would hear things like, well, I, I just couldn't understand why God gave me cancer. I heard this testimony. Of why God gave me cancer, but I finally figured it out. Oh, tell us why God gave you cancer, sister. Well, because I was able to lead two precious ladies to the Lord in the cancer ward. So that's why God gave me cancer. Praise the Lord. Amen. She went and sat down. Everybody just thought that was great. But down on the inside of me, that just didn't sit well with me. Because I had the Holy Ghost in me. Something's not right about that. Amen. But see, I never heard faith for healing for the body in that church. Never did. I heard a lot of doubt. I heard a lot of unbelief. I heard a lot of religious tradition. I heard a lot of man-made bumbo-jumbo-jump. It didn't mean, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not saying people were not sincere. But if I'd have stayed there, I'd have had what everybody else there that had. Surgeries, problems, medication, sickness and disease, and premature death. Because that's what they get in that congregation. Not because they're bad, but because you cannot have what you are not taught. Faith comes by hearing. Faith doesn't come by running the water. Faith doesn't come by breathing air. Faith doesn't come by sitting in any old church you want to go to. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And if there's a key area in your life where the Word of God is not being preached, you won't have faith for it. This is why I say, where you choose to attend... Is a matter of life and death. I could go on and on with that. What if you? What if you don't? You don't ever hear that you actually have authority in Jesus' name to do anything about demons and the devil and the dark world? Well, then you're going to be ignorant of that truth. You will never act on that truth, and the devil and demons and the dark world will steamroll your marriage, steamroll your children, steamroll your finances make you crazy in your mind because he's defeated but you don't know it. And you're not acting like you know it because you don't know it. And you don't know it because you're going to the wrong church. And it's the wrong church not because people are bad and they don't love Jesus but because they don't know. They went, went to seminary and got a certificate from people who have PhDs in not knowing. It's not bragging, but I know more spiritual truth than people who have multiple PhDs behind their name to study the Bible every day for a living, teach it in school. And it's not because I'm anything great, but it's because I God gave me a shepherd. Yeah. I followed the Spirit and got myself connected, rightly connected, and stayed that way yeah. with the God-ordained man and woman of God that He put in my life. Amen. Now, I've been meaning to say this. I'm going to go ahead and work this in. This message tonight, and I won't finish tonight. This message tonight is not about me. This is not about building me up. This has nothing to do with the person Chris Cody. If the office of the pastor for you was on my son right now, someday it might be. You stick around here long enough, that grace may lift off of me and land right on my son. Well then, all of this that I'm teaching you tonight would shift to him. Whoever has that call, whoever has that anointing, whoever God dings with that, right? Right. Amen. Amen. Whoever he legitimately calls and anoints and equips, then everything I'm about to teach you over the next service or two is connected not to me, the person, but to, it is right now, but just because that anointing's on. You get it? It's not about me. Well, you shouldn't be teaching it then. Who's going to teach it to you? I learned this from my spiritual parents. A good pastor is not afraid to teach his people anything that would help them. Right. And I don't want your life to end up like this. Right. Bewildered. Harassed. Scattered. Blown to the wind. Can't find your blessing anywhere. I see it all the time. Oh, pastor, I, I know I don't have church. I don't have pastor, but I haven't been, you know. But I pray. I talk to God all the time. Well, your life still looks like a mess. And then it took me a lot of years, but I finally figured this out. People that say I'm a good church, you know, I watch Christian TV, I'm you know, I just do Facebook, whatever. And uh, but you know, I don't have a pastor. But I talk to God all the time. I hear from God. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're deceived. If you were hearing from God, you would hear Him say, "Get your butt to church." That's what you would hear Him say. Now, aren't you glad you showed up tonight? Aren't you glad you showed up tonight? Because at least tonight you can beat your chest. and, Amen. But listen, I'm not blaming the people. So many people, they are not taught this. And they treat church like any other occasion on the calendar. If I can make it great, if I can't, it's not going to hurt me. And it's hurting. Amen. So let's look for a moment, what does it specifically mean to be scattered? The scattering place. Now you want to stay out of the scattering place. Amen. Amen. Well, we saw the Amplified defined it as to be bewildered. Now I looked up the word bewildered, and it means to be deeply and utterly confused. So what, am I, what is Jesus saying? What's the Word of God saying? It's not about what I'm saying. If you don't have a pastor, that's going to be you. Deeply and utterly confused. You're not going to you're not going to arrive at the God ordained destination without a pastor. Well, I, I follow a prophet. God bless you. I have a prophet in my life. But Jesus didn't say my people are scattered because they don't have a prophet or a teacher or of an evangelist. He said you need a shepherd. Thank God for all the fivefold. We need to have all the fivefold. And where do you expose your life to the fivefold ministry? Well, as a pastor hears from God, he'll bring in other ministry gifts. Amen. That's right. But God has assigned one of those fivefold ministry offices to actually tend to your life day in and day out, in the spirit and in the natural, and that's the pastor. And a prophet won't do that. If a prophet tries to do that, he's outside of his anointing. Because a prophet. <laughs> is not anointed to tend to sheep. You'll have weird wool haircuts on you. You won't look right. A prophet trying to be a pastor. Now I thank God for the rise of the popularity and the acceptance and the acknowledgement of prophets in our day. It's needed to happen. But you could take it to the ditch and dismiss the office of the pastor to follow a prophet. A prophet that tries to pastor will never succeed in the long term. Because right. they're not anointed to tend to a sheepfold. They have their own unique, important role in the body of Christ, but it's not tending sheep. Right. So if you're a sheep and you, t- you submit your life to be tended to by a prophet, thinking, ooh, well you might get prophesied to, but your life's not going to, you won't look like a well-fed, protected, led, cared for child of God, because they're not anointed for that. Well, it's more sensational. Well, now we know something about you, don't we? Now we know what you like. You like the sensational. You know, Brother Hagin, he would make this statement. He would say, people are missing out on the supernatural following the spectacular. Now, the pastor's office is not as spectacular. It is supernatural. But it may not be as spectacular as some of those other offices. But Jesus, again, why did he say these people are like this? They are sheep without a shepherd. Well, amen. The amens have gone really downhill. So, bewildered, deeply and utterly confused. It means harassed. It means distressed like we read. Then it said dejected. I looked up the word dejected. It means to be low in spirits. You know, if you're chronically low in spirits, and you say you have a true pastor, you're not receiving from them properly. You're not listening like you should. See, and we don't have time to get to that in this message. But you can have a pastor know who it is but still never receive them and get out of them what Jesus intends for you to get out. You have to do that on purpose. And you have to know how to do that, and that's why I'm teaching you this. Amen? Remember, God's a restorer and He's a repairer. And people need restoration and they need their lives repaired. He's ordained the local church and primarily the office of the pastor to be used of Him to put your life back together. And it's not going to happen overnight. Well, I've been attending your church for a week, hadn't much changed. Right, I don't need to expound on that. You need to give me some time. Give the Lord some time. You spend a whole lot of time out there acting wild and I can't untangle it all in a week. Amen. So that word dejected, it means to be low in spirits or Depressed. It means to be lowered in rank or condition. In other words, if you don't have pastor, it's going to keep you in low-rank Christianity. Yes. You're not going to get promoted. Your condition's going to be low. You'll be heaven-bound, but your life will have hell in it. Right. See, so you get under a real pastor, your life will begin to rise, and you'll come up into higher rank. And that makes you more useful to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Preaching good, Chris. I'm just going to encourage myself a minute. So to be lowered in rank or condition, it means to be thrown down. Dejected means to be thrown down helpless. Now, W.E. Vine says that this word scatter in the Greek means to disperse and that that word often has a violent connotation to it. So, you know, God dispersed the Jews throughout the four corners of the world. Why did he scatter them? Because they would not obey his word. They would not keep covenant with him. So he put them in the land of blessing, and then he kicked them out. He scattered them. How did he scatter them? He had to take his hand of blessing and provision, power, off of them, and allow his, the enemy to drive them out. With, and they did, that was violence. Amen. So oftentimes there's a, there's a reckoning, there's a, there's a violence almost that can happen in people's lives. And in the end, what happens is it looks like your life is scattered all about. Your life is a bunch of pieces over here. That's not God's will. Now listen, there's no condemnation. No condemnation. I don't care about yesterday. I care about you having a revelation tonight of what you need to know to be able to move forward so that you can get with God's program so that He can resume or begin the process of putting your life back together. That's what the church is for. So we don't mind people being broken up, their life scattered, but amen, stay with it. Understand God's plan of how He wants to put your life back together and bless you beyond your wildest dreams. You may not like it, you may not like me. But if God's called you to me and put your soul under my charge, you better learn to receive from me because it's God's plan and program. And you can't get His restoration and repair in your life choosing a program of repair and restoration of your liking. He doesn't need our help. It's not like God said, okay, if you want all I have for you, you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. And I say, okay, and then I show up at the place He led me and goes, well, I don't like that. Had I walked off from that place, yeah. had I quit, had I not been faithful to the place He assigned me, oh, I had opportunity. Yeah. There was stuff in there I disagreed with, stuff there I didn't understand, stuff there I didn't like. Amen. Decisions made, directions, things that were asked of me that I thought were unreasonable. But I just stayed with it. Because God said, God said to me, this is the place and that is the man in this season. And I stayed there until God kicked me out to come here. Now, let me say something. You know, pastors that were good can change. And you have to be, as sheep, you have to be led by the Spirit. Amen. I ever stop preaching the Word, amen, and get off the Word and stay off the Word? The Holy Ghost should be alerting you. You'll sit there, uh, you know, some services through a season and be like, now God forbid, you know, pray for me. that that'll never happen. Amen. But I'm not saying staying under someone, that's now, that was right, but is now drifted off and gotten kooky weird. You understand that, right? Okay, praise God. Amen. One of the Hebrew dictionaries I read of this word scatter said that it means to be driven off and isolated, to be made to run here and there. Oh, that looks like a lot of Christians I know. They church hop. They've had five pastors in three years. And every time they say, well, God led me. Well, God, no, no, God didn't say. God has not given you three pastors in the last five years. God is not schizophrenic. Your life ought to have a boom, a steady progression to it. And you can't just put, you know, God said on all your kooky, unscriptural Decisions and excuse because the fruit bears it out. Right? right? Amen. Amen. I had a childhood pastor and I'd have stayed with him. But until God spoke. And then God spoke. And I went where God spoke. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there until God spoke. And I came here. Right. And 19 years later, he still hasn't said anything different, so I still hear. Yeah. People come, people go. Yeah. People come in, people go out. People like me for a while and then they hate me. But I'm still here. And I'm going to be here doing this until and unless God says something different. And I'm not under a stronger mandate in that regard to be faithful to the plan of God than you are as a sheep. To leave the shepherd and the sheepfold of God's choosing for your life is to choose to dwell in the scattering place. To think it won't happen to you is pride, folly, and foolishness. Amen? Amen. You might have not known this before out there, but you know it now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So the plan of God is this. His plan is to gather and assign. The enemy's plan is to separate and destroy. And see, once you find the right pastor in the right place, he will fight. He will do everything he can to separate you. I like his time, he'll put all kinds of thoughts. Right? He will do. He will. If he can't get you to get offended, he try to get you. He will try to drive you out of the church into the scattering place through busyness. Well, I'm busy. Well, I'm busy. If you're, if you're. Unconnected to the sheepfold, you're too busy. You just have to figure out, you and God, what you're going to, how much you're going to have to cut back before He says, you're rightly connected now in your own life. I'm not going to do that for you. But you just need to understand, God's plan for repair and restoration is to gather to an assembly and assign the sheep to a shepherd. Satan's plan is to scatter and destroy. Amen? Wow. Praise God. Let's go over here with me. Got a few more minutes? Praise God. Y'all are doing good. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Peter. I mentioned it earlier. Let's let's go there so I'm not falsely advertising. 1 Peter chapter 5. I thought this was interesting today studying this so you'll you'll catch up in a minute if you're not there first Peter 5 1 it says the elders now circle that word elders the word elder here does not mean deacon it doesn't mean someone of the laity it's another word for pastor the word elder in many places in the New Testament is the word it's the referring to the office of ministry of pastor okay I don't have time to teach you that tonight the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder. So Peter's putting himself in there as a fivefold minister, right? And a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. What does he say? Feed the flock of God. Who, how do I know the elder is a pastor? Pastor is just a word that means shepherd. Same thing. To say pastor is to say sheep herder, shepherd, overseer of sheep. Same thing. So notice he says to the elders, feed the flock of God. Whose job is that? Not the prophet's job. Not not consistently in a congregation. Not not an apostle's job. Teachers can come in. Dr. Jacobs comes in, stands in the office of the prophet. When he's up, he's of course feeding. But he's going to leave. Any minister that comes and leaves is not your shepherd. You understand that? God didn't design. They're a blessing. We need them. But they're not your shepherd. Amen. You know, there are other offices of ministry that have much stronger anointings. But that that doesn't mean that they're your shepherd. See, it's not right thinking to to follow after the one with the highest anointing. That doesn't mean, right, just because they have a greater anointing to prophesy or to function in a certain ministry gift, you know, I'm talking about gift of the Spirit, that they have an anointing to shepherd your life, tend to the flock, feed you ongoingly the Word of God. Does that make sense? not mad at anybody, just trying to help us all. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Notice this, taking the oversight. Notice this about pastors. They have the oversight. So if you kind of come in as a visitor and you, you kind of see that Pastor Chris kind of large and in charge around here, that's the way God meant it to be. Not in a dictatorial fashion. Not in a domineering fashion. Not in a my way or the highway fashion. But someone who's got the, in, in the fields out there, who's got the oversight of a flock. Not Not any of the sheep in that sheepfold are the overseer. There's leaders among, right? But the overseer stands apart. He's different. She's different. The job is different. Not more special, just different. Okay, you learning? Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre. What's that mean? Don't be there for the money. I wonder how many people get in the office and they realize they're not that, but they stay there for the money. Right? You should not, being a pastor is not a career. It's not a career. It's a calling. You don't get here Through ambition. You might attain it, but I I tell you, we have just as big of a problem with false pastors as we do false prophets. Or bigger. People talk about false prophets all the time. Nobody talks about false pastors. And that's really where the destruction is. You know, if a false prophet blows through here, a real pastor can straighten that out. But a false pastor that sheep don't recognize, they live under perpetual compromise. That's sad. Amen. So he says, don't be there for filthy lucre for the money, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage. This is how God thinks about you. You're his flock. We're his flock. Right? We are his heritage but being in samples or examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. So do you see that? The chief shepherd is saying, Pastor, right. Through Peter, he's saying, do this with the right heart, with the right motive. Be a good example to the people. Don't try to dominate them. Don't try to lord anything over them. They are God's heritage. Feed them. Where did Peter learn this Mission statement. Remember when Jesus was resurrected? He said, do you love me, Peter? He said, you know I do. He said, feed my lamb. Feed my... Three times. Well, Peter's now an elder in the Lord now. He's much more mature and he gets this. So he's telling other pastors under him, feed the flock. Be gentle with them. Be a good pastor. And if you're a good pastor and you pastor for the right reasons, amen, amen, The chief shepherd, when he appears, he's going to give you a crown of glory that will never fade away. Now see, that's a promise to me if I'll do do my best. The pastor is he would have me to do it. But isn't it interesting, we're talking about the scattering place. He shifts over, notice what he begins to shift over into now. Verse 5, likewise you younger, submit yourselves to the elder, the pastor, Submit yourself unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because there's an adversary, the devil, who roams about roaring like a lion Seeking whom he may devour. That's the scatterer. Who is a prey, a prey, P-R-E-Y, that the lion of the devil can devour? People who refuse to submit their lives in humility to the office of the elder, to the pastor. Are, did you get I never saw that before. He didn't just change subjects. He's saying, listen, you can keep your life. The younger doesn't have to just mean younger in age. It could just be if you're younger in spiritual things, submit yourself, have some humility. See, it's total ignorance of the Bible and human pride to say, I'm not going to let that guy tell me how to live. The Bible is there to tell you how to live. Yes, it is. And a pastor is anointed to tell you what the Bible says about how you're supposed to live. I'm not going to let that pastor tell me how to run my marriage. You better if he's preaching the word. You rebellious thing. You better tithe if he tells you to tithe and gives you scripture for it. He's watching out for your soul. But if you get offended and you get scattered and you get separated, you're going to get isolated. Off all by yourself, and the lion that is the devil's gonna go, Mmm, lamb chop tonight. (laughs) Because you don't have a head, see, when you have a true pastor, you're properly submitted. I'm not talking about a slave, you gotta run everything by me. I don't want that kind. That's not Bible. But I'm just saying, you know who your pastor is, you are attentive to his ministry or hers. Amen. Amen and you're listening and you're receiving and you're applying the Word of God as he or she's preaching it to you in your life, you are joyfully submitted to the office of the pastor. You have a hedge of protection about your life. The devil can't devour your marriage. He can't devour your finances. He can't devour your health. Sickness, disease, weakness, amen, can be symptomatic, not of a lack of vitamin C, but the lack of having a pastor. Jesus didn't say, I'm, looking, I'm having to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease because they're not eating the Mediterranean diet. I'm sure they were eating the Mediterranean diet, but he still had to heal all the kinds of sicknesses. Because, how come? How did that sickness get on them? They were sheep without a shepherd. Mm-mm-mm. I am so glad I have a pastor. I have a pastor. My wife, I, I, we have a pastor. We just did it on Zoom, but we just, and I, I asked all, all of my board members, please listen, you want to know what's in my sock I'll tell you. You want to look into my finances? I'll tell you. If you have any questions for me, go ahead. And I live here, but she's in California, but when she's, you know, I'm on the elliptical today, but I've got her on my phone. She did a little teaching segment. Amen. And then that's why I need to go to the proper amount of meetings so I can be around my pastor. Dr. Jacob's speaking into my life as a spiritual father. And I need to be around him. I'm trying to be an example that my life is submitted. Because I want that hedge of protection in my life. Praise God. Praise God. I'm asking you out there, do you have a pastor? If you don't stop everything, fast and pray, find out. And if they're in a different city, different state, different community, different side of town, make whatever changes you've got to make. Amen. Amen. Or just go without and be scattered. I'm just telling you, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm trying to close. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Let's get over to the book of Jeremiah and let's close over there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so what is the number one reason why God assigns your life to a church? It's not because you'll like the paint color. Right? It ought to not matter nothing to you if you preferred purple versus the brownish gray. That don't matter. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that. Right? The number one reason I stay with Pastor Nancy Dufresne is because God tagged her as my pastor. And if she stays right with the Word and the Spirit, I'm, she'll be speaking into my life as a pastor as long as I'm on this planet. I'm not looking for anybody else. But they had the glory in that meeting. Well, maybe go see it. Whatever, praise God. But that's my pastor over there. I know who my pastor is. I'm not jealous. Is there another meeting, another thing? Go if they're not weird. They have scripture and chapter and verse for everything they're doing. But if you really look for chapter and verse on what a lot of people are doing out there, you won't find it. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 23. Oh, and I'm having to skip stuff that's so good. (laughs) But we gotta get out of here. You just have to say, Pastor, I want that, I want the the good you skip next service. All right. Jeremiah 23. Verse number 1. Look what God says through the prophet Jeremiah. Woe be unto the pastors. Now that's enough for me to stop and go, I need to pay attention. Because if you read the book of Revelation, when God says, woe, that's not a good thing. Asteroids are about to fall on the earth. You know, people are about to die when God says, woe. So, woe be unto the pastors. Now notice, that destroy and scatter... The sheep of my pasture. I wonder how that happens. They abuse them. They have wrong motives toward them. They're just there to get what they can get out of them. Maybe they beat them instead of feed them. I don't know. Maybe they just neglect their duties. But I just want you to see real quick the effect of having a bad pastor. Having a bad pastor results in destruction and scattering of lives. I remember one guy, I won't say his name. I watched him when he moved to Paducah. Young guy with a lot of promise. And uh, he started a church. And uh, for several years, it was the fastest growing church in Paducah. And uh, and then, I'm just watching from afar. He made a decision and, and decided to take that church and... Merged with another church that was totally different theologically. In their mind, they're thinking, they're preaching. And blew it up. It didn't make it. And then all those people. Biggest church in Paducah. Fastest growing church in Paducah. They're all scattered to the wind. Some of them still probably out of church today. So disillusioned. Fed up with church. How many heard, times we heard, I've been hurt in church. La, 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 la. Well, Listen. You know, it's like Sean Gehring said in his book, Receiving the Gift of Your Pastor. Pastors are not perfect. But the gift in your pastor is. That's what you have to remember. I'm not perfect. But I'm just watching. And so that blew up. Sheep, precious people, they're all scattered to the wind. Four corners. Right? Church kingdom assets lost. Buildings lost. People's souls scattered. And then I hear he's taking a, a church out of you know, you don't know who I'm talking about. He takes a church out in the county, stays there a couple of years and blows it up. And then I hear he's, you know, out in another part in another county, interviewing and likely to get the pastor there. And I almost called the deacon board and said, I don't know, have you been watching or not watching? But he blows up every place he comes to. Maybe he's sincere, I don't know what, but he's not thinking right. You'd be goofy. Of course, I didn't. Aren't you glad? My wife is very glad that I didn't. But see, I watch. I've been here a while now. And I mean, for a while, that's all everybody wanted to be. What are they doing? Let's go talk to Pastor so-and-so. Let's figure out how to do it like he's doing it. Destruction and scattering of life and sheep. That's what you have. And to have something happen once, have something twice, but now you've got a reputation for that. Last I heard, he was being successful in business, and I'm glad about it. Stay, keep him, he needs to be in a on that side of the pulpit. Now again, I can say that kind of stuff, amen, because I didn't give anybody's name, and you might learn something by it. People get all enamored with the new thing. They don't even exist anymore. A lot of hurt people all over Paducah. Sad. And it's not right, the people that aren't in church today, as a result of that, but they have an excuse they're leaning on. They've been to church and felt and saw and experienced all the dysfunction. Well, that's not God's fault. And you're the one that didn't have enough spiritual sense to see that coming. Anyway, I'll get off of it. But see, you see what happens. Therefore, look at verse 2. Therefore, thus says the Lord uh, God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people. You think God's not watching pastors? Oh, He is. He is, because He loves you. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. See, the outcome of a minister's life is going to be determined by how he treats his people. Kamal talked to me about one time, he's real, you know, he's always been zealous. I've always loved that about him. I'm wanting to get into the ministry. Pastor, I've got to get into the ministry. I'm going to go become a Methodist. I'm going to go up into Illinois and pastor country churches. I said, don't do it. Kamal, don't do it. Son, don't do it. Pray about it. Why? Why? Well, because they don't want what you want. They don't believe what you believe. They're not, reaching, they're not hungry for what you're hungry for. You've got to preach what we preach to them. You'll hurt them. And I said, here's what you need to think about, son. If you take that pastorate, God will expect you to lay your life down for them. For a people who don't care. He will expect you to be a good pastor for them. He will expect you to lay your life down. Sacrifice yourself for those people who are not hungry If they were hungry, they wouldn't be where they are. That's just true. Well, he listened to me. Thank you for listening. Not that God doesn't care. But see, he knows, and he's talking about tongues and the gifts of the Spirit and the glory of God and walking by faith and laying hands on the sick and casting out devils. They don't care about anything. They don't know anything about that, and they don't want to know anything about that. I hadn't added a single member that wasn't a you know, blood kin of that family in 50 years. Okay. Praise God. Now y'all are, y'all are responsible pulling it out of me now. No. Okay, so we see the negative side. Let's, let's get ready. Close here. Verse 3. I will gather. See, that's God's plan. He wants to get involved and fix this dysfunction. I will gather the remnant of my flock, out of all the countries whither I have driven them, and I will bring them again, notice the personal possessive pronoun, to their folds, not any fold, to a specific family, to a specific assembly, to their sheepfold, where you fit, where you belong, where God's assigned you to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And they shall what? Notice the outcome of their lives now. They shall be fruitful. You like that? They shall be fruitful. They shall increase. And I will, God said, I will what? Set up shepherds over them. See, are you willing to have somebody over you in the Lord? Well, hopefully you are now. I will set up shepherds over them, and I love this, which will feed them. In the third chapter, we don't have time to go there tonight, it says, who will feed them with knowledge and understanding. I will set up shepherds over them, and they will and shall feed them, and they shall fear no more. Neither be dismayed. That's the same thing as being bewildered. Or dejected. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Look look at the effect of having the wrong or a bad pastor. Look at the effect of having a right one. A God-ordained one. Now you remember what I said? This message is not about me. If you judge me not to be a good pastor, a real pastor a God-ordained pastor, or your pastor, then you need to leave. And, and, and I'll pray with you and, I'll, and earnestly find that man or woman. But if you recognize the leading of the Lord that it is me, then all of this we've been talking about is available for those who will rightly connect and get on board with God's restoration and repair program. You know, I talk about the the harshmen's in my book a little bit. I don't name them. I just I just did. Now, (laughs) but I mean, your marriage was in trouble. Your finances were not finances at all. They were struggling on almost every area. And it it didn't take forever, but it didn't take. It took more than a week. And I mean, over the period of time, their marriage has been restored. Their children are on track and love God. Amen. They want a new car, they got a new car. They want a new house, they got a new house. They wanted furniture for the house, they got furniture for the house. See, they're being fruitful, they're increasing, they're being used of God. Amen. They're coming up in every area. I have nothing to do with it except the office, the anointing, that gift that Jesus put in me. He, Ephesians 4, gave gifts unto men for the perfecting, of the saints. It's just such a lie of the enemy to believe that because of the the dawn of technology that you don't have to be in person with the pastor. Don't fall for that lie. And don't let fear of end time happenings like the COVID thing keep you from come on. You see what God's plan when he gathers is not to make people sick. Right? It's where you get healed. It's where you get delivered. It's where you get your thinking straightened out. It's where your marriage gets put back together. It's where your finances get restored. Don't let anything, don't let anyone separate you from this part of the plan of God for your life. Amen? Praise God. Well, if you didn't get anything out of that, I don't know what to do for you. I just did my best.